how much can you be trusted with? for the chicken and the cow. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. And today, my message is simply entitled, The Chicken and the Cow. The Chicken and the Cow. And I know you're saying, Pastor, where is that in the Bible? I'm familiar with cows. The Bible, God says he owns a cattle on a thousand hills and wealth back in the Bible was measured in terms of cattle. But pastor, I don't remember any chickens in the Bible as a particular domesticated species that we know of today. Chickens are not. They are mentioned by simply the word fowl. And often they had the quail and Ducks and all those turkeys, all those are chickens in one form or another. But today, I'm talking about the chicken and the cow. And this is actually from the book of Luke, verse 16:10, And it reads, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. I was discussing some things with our youngest son, George. We were away on a trip, and I was talking about how sometimes a little lie turns into a big lie. How sometimes when people start lying about little things, it's not long before they're lying about big things. And how once you get involved in lying, you become so immersed in the lie, you are not sure what the truth is yourself. And as George and I, we were talking about that, George then said this. If a man gets the courage to steal a chicken, eventually you will see him with a cow. If a man gets the courage to steal a chicken, eventually you will see him with a cow. So today's message deals with the chicken and the cow. A man was visiting a city and he decided to go to the local church. And when he got in the church, he sat down next to a lady and he looked at the lady and he asked, are you a regular tither here at this church? And the lady looked at the man and got a little fronted by him. And she said, well, not that it's any of your business, She said, but no, I'm not a regular tither. So then the man got up and he moved to the row immediately behind them and sat next to a man. And he asked that man the same question. Are you a regular tither here at this church? And the man said, yes, I am. I faithfully give 10% of everything that I earn. And the man sat there during the entire service. And after service, the lady whom he first spoke to, she got up and she walked over to the man And she said, that was mighty rude of you asking me whether I was a tither or not. That's none of your business. But I am curious, why did you get up from sitting by me and went and sat back next to that other man when you asked him the same question? Why did you do that? And he said, ma'am, he said, I just have a principle. And the principle is this. I always try to sit next to people who are faithful tithers. He said, because if you are still from God, you are still from me. 
And though it was a little thing, it was a big thing. And the man understood the principle. If you will steal from God, you will steal from me. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. John 12, 3 begins, Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of that perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put in it. Judas first stole small. And because he first stole pennies out of the offering bag, it wasn't much longer to Judas betrayed the master. But he began with a chicken and was later seen with a cow. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. How much can you be trusted with? Turn to the person sitting next to you. Even those watching by television or streaming right now. Look at the person next to you and ask them, how much can you be trusted with? Because those who can't be trusted with a little bit can't be trusted with a lot. I know that recently I was asking God because God has been promising me for years that this real big money is coming. I mean, just big money. And I asked God, I said, Lord, I said, when is that big money coming? You've been promising me this big money for the longest. When is this big money coming? And God answered me with one simple word. And that word was a question. And the question was simply, why? I'm asking God, when is the big money coming? God is asking me, why? Why are you asking me that? Have you not been provided with enough? Well, I really got enough and too much already. But I'm still asking, when is the big money coming? And God was saying, why do you want to know when the big money coming? Because I want to know when the big money coming. Because you've been telling me about the big money. See, some of you all have promises in the same. And God is there, Why? Are you ready to handle the big money? Have you handled that which I have given you and that which I have commanded you? Have you handled that well already? He who can be trusted with a little can be trusted with a lot. And he who cannot be trusted with a little cannot be trusted with a lot. We had an instance here, you know, we have the Safe at the Ark program. For those of you who are not familiar with it, I preached that, I talked about it in the sermon, The Sealing of the Ark. And basically, we have a program here where if you run into financial situations, you can get back from the church 10 times what you put in in a certain period. And I remember I had a pastor ask me about it. Are you sure about that? Because people can rip you off. I said, no, they won't. Because it's going on what they've already given. And we had a situation not too long ago. There was someone who came and they had run into a difficulty and they needed to get some money from the church. And they would look back over their giving record and say, look, this is how much you're eligible for. They said, oh, no, we don't need that much. But you, we don't need that much. And I remember Suzanne calling me and said, 
Pastor Brown, this thing just blessed my heart when I heard this. They were eligible for this amount. But they said, no, we don't need anywhere close to that. All we need is this. Because they were honest with what God had already given them, they could be trusted. That's why I told other pastors, no, they're not going to rip us off on this because they already give it. See, it's the non-givers who rip you off. Oh, they'll come with all kind of stories. The folk who haven't given worth a hoot, they're going to have all kind of issues or tell you all kind of stuff you can't. But the diligent tithers, if they won't rip off God, they're not going to rip off the church. They're not going to rip off you. But I have seen this over and over and over and over. Those who won't give to God, you cannot trust. And if they are faithful unto God, they will be faithful unto you. If they won't rip God off, they won't rip you off. It's the chicken and the cow. If they won't be faithful with the 10, you can't trust them with the 90. And it's the principle of just small things, of being able to handle small things. And those small things become big things. I asked God months ago, I said, Lord, of the 13 commands you've given me to do every day, which one of them is the most important? And God said, the one that's most important for you is to get into bed on time. And I thought about that thing. I said, get in the bed on time. I said, Lord, look like you would have told me, but my prayer was the most important. Or my exercise every day was the most important. Or my rest is most important. Or to help somebody, or to eat right, or to study. But you said to get in the bed on time? And then he said, look, if you don't get in the bed on time, you don't get up on time. And if you don't get up on time, you don't do your prayer on time. If you don't do that, he said, it becomes a domino effect. And when you don't go to bed on time, it throws off because God's day always began and the evening was the first day. It begins on how you go to bed. God's day begins in the evening. He said, you go to bed on time and that sets your whole day if you just start off right. But if you up all times at night, go to bed late and you're supposed to be up at five o'clock in the morning for your prayer. You're not going to get up at five and if you do get up, you're going to be sleepy. So. Starting off with small things, if a man cannot be trusted with a little, he cannot be trusted with a lot. There is a poem that many of you all have heard, and it goes, for want of a nail, the shoe was lost. For want of a shoe, the horse was lost. For want of a horse, the rider was lost. For want of a rider, the battle was lost. For want of a battle, the kingdom was lost. And all for the want of a horseshoe nail. Sometimes small things. The Bible says the little foxes spoil the vine. Sometimes a small thing makes a big difference in your life and it makes a big difference in your character. One of the bloodiest days in American history was September 17, 1862. Nearly 23,000 men were killed in the Civil War in the Battle of Sharpsburg. After crossing the Potomac River into Maryland on September the 9th, 1862, Confederate General Robert E. Lee divided the 45,000-man army of Northern Virginia, and he spelled out the location for each group on written dispatches, Special Order Number 191, for delivery to various commanders. These dispatches were delivered by couriers on horseback to the commander's except for one that was accidentally dropped from the courier's pocket when he stopped along the way to relieve himself. The dispatch was found by a Union soldier 
a few days later in an envelope wrapped around three cigars near a fence. The misplaced secret dispatch reached Union Army Commander George McKellen, giving him and his 90,000 man army the exact locations of their enemy, leading to a strategic Union victory, all because one rider stopped to relieve himself. If that battle had not have been the way it has, it's very possible the South could have won the Civil War. And if the South had won the Civil War, we could have still been in slavery. But one man had to stop and relieve himself. And when he stopped to relieve himself, he dropped out the orders and another soldier found it. All because one man had to relieve himself. How many of us get into trouble because we stop to relieve ourselves? How many of us want to relieve ourselves of lust and we get into an affair that messes us all up? How many of us want to relieve ourselves of some financial situations so we take something that we're not supposed to take? We say something that we're not supposed to say. How many of us relieve ourselves and because of this small thing, it blossoms into a big thing? Small foxes spoil the vine. And if a person cannot be trusted with a little thing, they cannot be trusted with a big thing. So the question becomes, what can God trust you with? And are you faithful with just the small things? Just the small things. God has given just even this church some instructions that to some may seem silly. Even with God heals, he gave the instruction, you cannot be late. The doors are sealed at seven o'clock. And some people can come on next Sunday and get their healing, but they can't come at 701. They got to be in here by seven o'clock. And you say, Pastor, that's just a shame. Why was such a small thing? But we've had cases of where that small thing kept folk from their healing because they were in the pattern of always being late. They just never could get here on time. Pastor, why did God say you got to be out of here at a certain time, three out of four? So why is he so particular about that? It's a small thing. It's what happened with Saul when he was king of Israel. And Saul had small deviations that God eventually said, because you have not followed me in this, I'm going to strip the whole kingdom from you and kill Saul and all his children. All because of what seemed to be small things. What can God trust you with? Are you handling even the small things that to you may seem insignificant? It's a chicken, but it becomes a cow. And there's even an African Ethiopian story that is very similar to that. There was this single mother and her child. and They were poor and destitute and hungry. And the child went out and stole some eggs. And when he stole the eggs, he brought the eggs to his mother. And the mother didn't ask him where he got those eggs from because she was hungry. She needed to relieve her hunger. And she cooked the eggs and fed them the eggs. And not too much long after that, the child went out and stole a chicken. And he brought the chicken. And the mama didn't ask where he got the chicken from. She just cooked the chicken because they were hungry and she needed to relieve her hunger. And they ate the chicken. And a few days later, that same child went out and stole a goat and brought the goat to the mama. And the mama didn't ask the child where you get this goat from because she needed to relieve her hunger. And they killed and ate the goat. And once the goat was gone, the child went out again. And stole a cow. But as he was bringing the cow, the police caught him. 
and locked him up and stealing a cow in that country brought a heavy price, years in jail. And as the mama was down at the courthouse, as her son was being sentenced, the son looked at mama and she said, why didn't you stop me when I stole them eggs? If you had stopped me with the little eggs, I wouldn't be going to jail now with this cow. And sometimes God will speak a word to us and it's a little thing. It's a small thing. It's an egg. It's a chicken. And God is trying to keep us from the cow. David looked over and saw a naked woman bathing. And he kept looking. It's a small thing. If he hadn't kept looking, he wouldn't have had a problem. It was a small thing. What are y'all looking at that y'all not to be looking at? He kept looking. And because he kept looking, she was on another building. How did he get over there? He called for her. He started looking, then he called, then he committed, and after that he had to kill. It went from a chicken to a cow, all because of a small thing. If a man cannot be trusted with that which is little, he cannot be trusted with that which is much. Some of you have asked, Lord, when are the promises you promised coming? When is this thing going? When can God trust you? When can he give you that which you so desire? Because so often when we get that which we desire, we forget about God. And then we focus on nothing but us and say that we have done all of this ourselves. What can God trust you with? The chicken and the cow. Small things grow into big things. Small habits grow into big habits. A small thing becomes major. What can God trust you with? Bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray right now that the things that you have blessed and graced and honored us with, that we are faithful with even the small things, even the small commands. Father, that we're first faithful with our word. That which we say we are going to do, we need to do. And that which we say, it needs to be as we say it. Father, just, just stop us even from those small lies. I'm seeing in the spirit right now almost like daggers is pricking some of you because you've been lying too much. They're small lies, but you've been lying too much. Father, right now, we just pray even just to pull the daggers out of the small lies. That will become larger things. Father, right now, help us with our line. Seemingly what we call white lies. Ain't no white lies. Father, we just pray right now to cleanse us of the small things that grow into big things. Just even our word. Father, right now, from this point forward, help us to be people of truth. People of integrity, people of honesty, Father, and people of obedience. Father, help us to neither take the egg, nor the chicken, nor the goat, nor the cow. Help us to be givers and not takers. Men of truth, women of truth, that we may be honorable in thy sight. And that which shall grow shall be the good in us that shall grow and shine. In thy son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
I thank you for watching today. You can go to brothersoftheword.com. You can watch or listen to this message all over again or send it to a friend absolutely free of charge. Thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. Since George was with me and he actually gave me the quote for today's message, I'm going to ask George just to close us out for today. Forgiveness and trust are very different things. The origin of the saying actually didn't come from me or me looking it up or anything like that. It actually came from a recent Uber driver's grandmother. I was going to pick up a prayer chair, and my car's tire was flat. The van in the household's tire was flat. The available Jeep was flat. So I had to go up there in a small car. You know, I was kind of hoping that the chair wouldn't be pre-assembled and that it would come in many pieces so that it could fit in the car. But lo and behold, the chair was fully assembled. And lo and behold, there was only like two inches of clear room that couldn't be fit for the chair. So I had to order an Uber XL. And oddly enough, in the Uber XL, we started to talk about marriage. And we started to talk about serious relationships. And one thing that he mentioned was, if somebody were to betray me in this situation, I would never trust them again. Because my grandmother always says this thing. If a man can get the courage to steal a chicken, you will eventually see him with a cow. The thing is, though, forgiveness and trust are very different things. If you found an individual stealing from you in any kind of way, whether it's lying to you, whether it's betraying your trust, any kind of betrayal, odds are you're going to find it near impossible to trust them again if it's something serious. But yet still, Scripture tells us to forgive 70 times 7. Amen? So you may not trust them again. And I'm not telling you to trust them again. Trust has to be earned. I understand that. But forgive them at the very least. And then additionally, when going into the scripture that was mentioned today, say in Luke, it's interesting because Jesus wasn't even necessarily saying it in the sense of, if I give you a dollar and you do wrong with it, I can't trust you with $10. He was actually talking about spiritual riches. He was comparing monetary worldly wealth to spiritual wealth because see the thing you have to understand about Jesus especially in that day was that many times he would say things and they would have almost opposite meanings to common perception for example everybody expected the Messiah to come and to liberate them from Roman rule to establish a glorious a splendiferous kingdom in the world and Jesus came and he liberated them from an enemy unseen in sin he established a kingdom that was in spirit that they could not see hear taste smell whatever in that sense he was saying that if you can't be trusted with riches on earth if you can't be trusted to serve the God of money mammon how can he expect you to serve the real God how can he expect you, if you can't handle mere earthly riches, the least of them, to handle spiritual riches, the most of them? And it's especially interesting seeing Judas, who is about the epitome of this trustlessness. Judas was willing to sell his savior for a buck. <laughs> Judas was literally the epitome of this greed, and it showed especially clearly. How we see Mary anointing Jesus with oil worth a 
fortune. And yet every drop was well spent because it was anointed Jesus. Those spiritual riches were becoming abounded through the expense of the least of the riches, earthly money. And Judas sees this and goes, why? This was actually the first time that Judas had revealed his character. Being so greedy, nobody would have expected it. Whenever, you know, Jesus had said, whoever I pass this bread to will betray me, he had to say that because, you know, every one of the disciples were wondering, well, it can't be me. Who is it? It can't be Judas. I mean, look, look at Judas. Right? They would have never expected it. But here we see that when faced with the temptations of greed and earthly money, he couldn't handle it. And because of this especially, we know he can't handle spiritual riches. So all that I'll say in conclusion is just to, to reiterate, trust and forgiveness are very different things. We're called to forgive again and again. That don't mean we got to trust them. And if you can't be trusted with the gifts and the money of this world, how can you expect God to trust you with the gifts and spiritual riches? Bow your heads for a word of prayer. I live for Christ and I die for gain. Lord, we thank you for all that is. And today, I'm not even exactly sure what to pray. But I just pray, Lord God, that you instill in us strong habits of worship and serving you. I pray that the fundamentals become automatic for us, Lord God. That every day we engage with your word. That every day we come to you in prayer. That in every day we engage in a Christian community, Lord God. I just pray that the little things in us that glorify you be magnified. I pray that our hearts, which are truly wicked and hard to understand, be changed to be in line with your will, Lord God. I just pray that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I pray that no matter how difficult things may seem to serve you, that in Christ Jesus we'll have the strength to do it in you. I'm reminded of the man who was called to serve you, and yet he didn't even want to live anymore had to be swallowed by a big fish and spat out before he was finally willing to serve. Lord God, I pray that you don't send us through. Well, I pray that we don't send ourselves through needless struggles before we're willing to serve you, but that we seek you willingly, Lord God. That we don't run away from you, but run into your arms every single day. May we not just walk alone, but lead others unto you. And may we not just walk alone, walk with others who will sharpen each other like iron sharpens iron. For your glory, in the name of Jesus, in the spirit of truth, we pray. Amen. You are listening to BrothersOfTheWord.com. This was the message titled The Chicken and the Cow by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 5973. That's 5973. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 5973 to a friend, go to BrothersOfTheWord.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because, brother, you need the Word. From Brothers of the Word.